This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time this podcast finds you. But I am sitting here on my couch with a cup of coffee and... I've been thinking a lot about just what the hell has been going on in the last five weeks of my disappearance. And a lot of life has been lived in five weeks, guys. And I needed, I needed it. I needed time for myself and to evaluate and to make change step into my power, meditate, relax, get my hands dirty. I needed all of that and dash in some uh, adventure and I definitely got that. I've been reflecting a lot and I just wanted to share with you what, what I've been up to, what it all means, where I'm going, hopefully inspire someone along the way, relate to you. But there has been a lot, guys, a lot, so much, so much. I can't, whew. When I started this podcast, I really wanted it to be interview style. And a few episodes in, I had a lot of friends and acquaintances and people on social media tell me that you should do solo episodes. You should think of subjects to talk about, get people updated with your life, have them get to know you. It's important. And especially in the beginning, I was like, yeah, maybe someday, but that sounds really intimidating and just weird, you know, to just talk into the microphone, just me. What does anyone want to hear from me? Because as much as I'm obsessed with the outdoors and I could talk about it forever. It's sometimes hard for me just to talk about it myself. I love it. I have a lot to say. I have a lot to teach. 
but I love learning and hearing from other people. I love, I love taking pieces of their story and adventure and learning from it or use it to motivate things in my own life. But I feel like there's so much to share and I just need to get out of my own way and tell you what's been going on for the last five weeks. What craziness has, has happened. And I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here to listen to me. And, the, and for some of you who show up every episode and are here and give me feedback, I am so like, I just love you all so much. Thank you so much. And if this is your first episode, welcome. Welcome to Woods and Waters Project Podcast. We're coming on to two years of the podcast, and I think that has caused a lot of reflection, and I am freaking pumped. I'm pumped for where this is going and what we're going to do, and oh, these guests that are coming up, I can't wait. So welcome. Thanks for being here, and... We're going to get into it. ago if if you listen to the podcast you've heard me mention it in previous episodes that I was going out west to a women's rowing clinic so I decided to I live in eastern Iowa drive out west to take this women's only rowing clinic and Rowing is, you know, what it sounds like, but we would be rowing specifically drift boats, which if you're not familiar with drift boats, they are typically um, without a motor and your main transportation is rowing these huge oars, right? So, and you use them to navigate rivers. So they're built in such a way to be able to take, you know, the shallow areas with the rocks hitting up against it, the big waves, you know, the white waters, the rapids, and be able to handle that. But you manage that uh, through rowing. And I have been on drift boats and rafts before. So the both of those are rowing um, is how you manage the rivers. And I've been a passenger for fishing on both of those. And I just thought it was so cool how these people were handling this super calm, chill water, to something completely crazy just around the bend. And how well they managed it, kept us safe, would hang us up in a spot so we could hit that perfect hole while we were fly fishing. I just thought that was so cool. I I thought that was extremely impressive and people of all shapes and sizes, because I would have thought looking at that with rowing, that that takes a ton of muscle and strength and all those things. And, um, that really is not the case. It is technique and understanding water and reading water. And I find that fascinating. And I find that to be an area of weakness for me. And so 
what do I do? What do we do? If we have an area of weakness, I kind of like to squash that as much as I can. Learn what I can. As much time as I like to be outdoors and take others outdoors, I want to be as capable and as, you know, as knowledgeable as I can be and learn from people way smarter than me, which is why, you know, we're here with this podcast. And oh my God, that adventure out West was incredible. So I decided to drive from Iowa out to Estes Park, Colorado and stay a night there and explore Rocky Mountain National Park. I've been there multiple times, but I love it. It is just, it is such a feel-good place for me. I, I just was so heavy and not myself during that time five weeks ago. I was really stressed and anxious and I just overwhelmed and felt like I was losing myself. And so I added this little extra part to the road trip because the actual drift boat class was in Pinedale, Wyoming. So any of you who are good geographically know I kind of went out of my way. Uh, and I did a total, you know, to Pinedale and Iowa and back is 17 hours. So um, I added a little bit, a little bit of time going to Rocky Mountain National Park, but I wanted that time by myself uh, to clear my head before going to it because I was a little nervous, to be honest, to be uh, someone who's from the Midwest. I really have, you know, no exposure to rowing of any kind besides on a canoe, but that is not the same. And I knew that I was going to be really unfamiliar with everything and really starting from scratch very green I've been on drift boats and rafts like I said but that's that's the extent of it um I needed that time and I'm really glad I took it and as I'm going there I'm thinking to myself like I've been camping my whole life so I decided I've decided to to tent camp in Colorado and I love camping and it didn't really click in my head until I was going there that this is going to be my first time tent camping by myself in a different state. And if you're familiar with Iowa and the Western states, like they're very different <laughs> landscape, animals, you know, everything. So I started to get a little bit in my head about that, about solo camping and, you know, I was in an area that has a lot of people. So it wasn't like I was really in the middle of nowhere. Um, but it was my first time camping by myself. And when I got there to the campground and set up and had my bed put together, you know, after a long day of driving, you know, I go off and get myself some food, go to Rocky Mountain National Park, go explore, hike around drive around. I'd always wanted to see a moose at a national park and I have never until this trip and I saw a uh, mama and baby and that just made the whole thing for me. Um, every national park I've ever gone to road trips where people are like there's moose there's moose. I never see them and so that was just so great but 
when I get back, I'm tired. Like I am exhausted and I'm mentally just feeling really good compared to how I was doing before this road trip. And I slept like a baby in that tent by myself and it was good. It was great. And it really got me thinking about that because there's all these adventures I've, you know, wanted to take by myself with with my boyfriend, with my brothers, with my dad, with some friends and, you know, some adventurous stuff. And I and I've done and I've done those things with a group before. But it really made me think about how much I loved that solitude. And don't get me wrong, I'm like really energized by people, so I I need my time to re-energize by myself. Uh, but not for a super long period of time. A few days was was great. And it really just had me thinking about those people who solo camp everywhere. And I just I, I want I want those people on the podcast. I want to hear from them, learn from them, how they stay safe, what their mental headspace is like. Um because I think that's like super brave. I think that it's, there's just so many things out there that are big and scary. And usually it has nothing to do with the wilderness and animals. It usually has to do with people. And unfortunately, but I really, I really enjoyed it. And it, and I, and I'm starting, you know, I'm starting in a place where there was a lot of people. I was, you know, I really felt like I was safe. Um, and I knew the area because I've been there many times. So I felt, I felt good about that. Now, when I made my travels to Pinedale, Wyoming, it's a little bit more, a lot more, um, secluded and the camp, there's camping everywhere, but you're kind of like in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and so I did end up getting a motel room for the rest of my stay for the next couple of days for the rowing part of the trip, which I'm glad I did. I was pretty, I was pretty exhausted at the end of every day and having a nice bed was great. But, you know, solo road, road travel is not new to me. I've done it many times. I've been in a lot of situations where I really want to go do something and no one else either wants to or can and I'm, I'm going. Like the opportunity came up. I have the money in my pocket. It's something I want to do and I'm going. And I've done a lot of solo stuff, uh, which I enjoy quite a bit. So maybe solo camping will be in my, will be in my near future. I don't know. We're going to have to get some experts on this podcast to talk about that. But this clinic was an all women's clinic, which I believe I said. And as I kind of predicted, as I got there, uh, and meet all these women, everyone starts warming up to each other. Everyone's great. They're lovely. Uh, but you know, it's, it's kind of like the nice stuff right away. The intros, um, pretty basic stuff. And I, <laughs> uh, as we did our introductions in front of the whole group, I was the only one who was not from a Western state. So they were all from Utah and Montana and Wyoming. Um, the teacher of the class was Madison Hyde of Hyde Drift Boats, which I'm going to add the link in the show notes, but Madison is amazing. Uh, she was there with her fiance, now husband, um, teaching this class how, you know, everything from beginning to end. And 
you know, she grew, she grew up in this world, so she knows she knows a thing or two about a thing or two, and she was amazing. And if you follow that link, I'm sure there will be more information for future clinics if you're interested. So definitely check them out. Check Hydrophodes out just to even get an idea of what I'm talking about. But if you're anyone who loves being on the river and wants to learn something like that, look, uh, look them up. But HydeOutdoors.com, I believe. So anyway, uh, and Madison is from Idaho. So all these women that are there are mostly exposed to rowing much more than me. They have done it a little bit or they regularly go out with their partner or friends um, and have been around it. Read the river, know the lingo, because there is definitely lingo related to drift boats and rowing uh, that I was not aware of. And, you know, I just, when I say I'm from Iowa, it kind of got everyone's attention and they, uh, teased me in like the best way about it later as we all became friends and everything. But I was, I am not kidding. They had us go out on a lake before (laughs) to just get our, you know, our sea legs, I suppose, of rowing, of just the motion of where the, you know, where the paddles are and their position of your hands. And our guide was phenomenal. So there's two women per boat and then a guide on the boat as well, um, you know, talking us through, giving us lessons. And oh my gosh, mine, her name was Rusty and she is, oh my gosh, I hope we stay friends forever. Rusty, I'm not, I didn't forget about you. You're coming out to Iowa and we're doing some catfishing. But anyway, she's incredible. So we go out on this lake. So, and I'm just learning. And the way I described it that day was, have you ever seen the videos of when they put socks or shoes on cats? And then the cat is trying to walk and it looks like absolutely ridiculous. It completely forgets how to move. That's how I would describe the first hour of me on the lake. And oh my gosh, and it, and I have learned over the last few years of my life to just be okay at sucking at something that wasn't always easy for me. Uh, you know, embarrasses me and the more embarrassed I get, the more in my head I get, the worse I do. And I've learned that over time. Thank goodness that if I just keep beating myself down, I'm going to just keep doing worse. So I really had to get out of my head and just be okay with being the worst kid on the team. And... Uh, as I just start getting it, you know, I, I really start to figure out when, when Rusty tells me to push, I'm pushing. If she tells me to pull, I'm pulling. And if that doesn't make any sense to you, uh, you can definitely look it up because I'll probably butcher this, but the motion of whether you're pushing, putting your hands forward or pulling them back, um, you know, pulling them back and then going forward is... Yeah, is pushing and the opposite is pulling. So depending on which way you want the boat to go, um, you know, all of that. And even now I'm like, wow, this is one of those things that I feel like you have to put it into practice. Like maybe I just need to go get a raft or a drift boat right now. <laughs> Work in the Iowa rivers. But as I start getting it, like I have a flow, my hands are in the right spot. I like, you know, can take direction when she tells me to pull or push, I can do it. I hesitate a little bit, but wow, I made a huge difference in an hour's time or more than that probably out on the lake. I just start getting it. 
And they're like, well, time to load the boats up, eat something, and head out to the river. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be terrifying on a crazy moving, you know, river. They also had everyone learn how to, which I think is a big skill and something everyone should work on. Uh, before going out, while we were there, <clears throat> everyone had to learn to, you know, get the boat ready, learn the equipment, learn to back a trailer, all of that. And every everyone did that. And I thought that was amazing. Um, but <laughs> we get back on, we get, we get back on land and we eat our lunch and we go to the river and, um, the girl who's on the boat with me goes first. She does really good. Uh, the last half of the river is me. And, you know, I get started kind of on a slower area. Everything's going pretty good. And I really just got the feel for it. Uh, truly, I did way better on the river than I did on the lake. Um, and when Rusty was in my ear giving me direction, I feel like overall I listened really well. I went over... Um, a little bit rougher water it you know the water's kind of low so it was probably nothing compared to what it is on the new fork river is where we were uh and i was genuinely impressed with myself for someone who had just rowed for the first time like two hours before and then going out on a river i did really good and i was so excited and proud and got really good feedback and it was awesome it was awesome to learn that new skill and be surrounded by such amazing women and just this crew, like the guides, all of them that we got to know before we went out were top notch. I mean, just people, they care about their equipment. You can tell in the way they take care of their stuff that they like genuinely give a shit. The way they talk to you, their patience level, how much fun they are. It was, it was incredible. We were at Two Rivers Fishing Company. So this was a partnership between Hyde Drift Boats and Two two rivers, which I'll link them in the show notes as well. So you can check them out. But wow, I, I went there really to learn a skill, have an adventure, clear my head, put, put all this negative shit that's going on and put it to the side and, and really focus on something, something badass. And that, that happened. But what I know always happens as a result, but just is always unexpected, is just the friendships that you make and connections you make with complete strangers. You know, day one, you're you're really nice to each other, but you're not really sure, like, you know, how much you're going to connect. And by the end of it, you know, we're all going down to the towny bar, having a drink, talking about trips, coming out to see each other, getting to know each other. I mean, these women are amazing. And... Like you get to know their stories and I think, you know, me personally, I'm a, I'm a deep diver. I don't like small talk very much. I want to like know, I want to know things. I want to talk about your deepest desires and fears and what drives you like within five minutes of meeting you. That is, that is just how I am. And I think a lot of women in general, you know, we're, we're deep. <laughs> so... Uh, it gets into that and it was just, it was incredible. And there's a couple women, um, that I'd really like to get on the podcast. So hopefully if they say yes, we can get those ladies on here, um, and talk more about what they do and how freaking like they all, they all fish and, uh, fly, they fly fish and very adventurous and 
super cool. So hopefully stay tuned for that. But that trip, even the road trip back, uh, you know, one of the things that I do love is I love road trips. If I'm driving, I can, I can drive for a long period of time. Um, I've, I've driven a lot across the U.S. Um, by myself and with others, but when I'm with others, I typically drive uh, 90% of the time, and I just really enjoy it. Like, I enjoy the time to listen to an Audible book or podcast or just jam out to music or kind of have, like, my thoughts and think, and uh, I have notes in my phone, and I, you know, talk into my phone and when I have random ideas, and I have to sometimes remember to go back and look at them, uh, but it's, a, it's like a great, like, healing reflection time for me let alone the adventure of solo camping, Rocky Mountain National Park, hiking, learning to row a drift boat, making new friends from the other side of the country. Yeah. I mean, I can't say enough about that adventure, and it just feels so long ago now. Like, it was only five weeks ago, but it feels so long ago, and I'm so grateful <laughs> for for everybody who made it happen and going and just, wow. Wow, wow, wow. About a week later, totally different, but kind of same feeling. Jacob, my boyfriend, has a good friend. His name's Caleb. Lives in Wisconsin. Big houndsman. Runs dogs typically for for coyotes and bears. And on previous episodes, we've talked about running dogs, uh, both for coons and um, running them for deer, which Jacob and I did in South Carolina last year, and there's a podcast on that. But this time, we went with a friend up to northern Wisconsin who took us to friends of his small town in Wisconsin to run hounds for bears. And I've been not like now in the last two years between coon hunting all the time and running dogs for bears and, and hogs too. We did that in South Carolina too. Uh, I ha I know how it goes. Like I, I, I get how this works, but every time we do a new species or a new animal, I get like these nerves and this excitement of like, okay, like what's this about? Like I almost black out and forget how to, how, you know, what's going on. But houndsmen are houndsmen or houndsmen. Like their love for their dogs, their, their working dogs, um, you know, putting the dog on a track listening, understanding the sounds that your dogs are making, like that, that is, that is one in the same. Now, I'm not necessarily, and I'm sure if someone's listening and they're a true houndsman or my boyfriend listens to this, they might shake their head. But oftentimes you can have the same breed and same type of dog, but usually, um, you know, you, you might have a plot or a walker or whatever and they may be a coyote dog and a bear dog um they might coon hunt and coyote hunt um but typically not my big understanding is like a lot of times um these dogs are only typically used for one maybe two animals but i haven't been exposed to people who have 
dogs that do all of the things uh if there are if those people are out there please like reach out to me let's talk about it because you know i'm still pretty new in this world for the most part but i've just really been a part of it for the last two years so go up to northern wisconsin small town it took me back to my small town in iowa like this feel we were surrounded by couples who have grown up bear hunting like this has been a part of their life since they probably since before they could walk since they opened their eyes i mean we're talking about men and women who are in their 20s to 40s that were there couples they take their kids with i mean this is like a community event that they do every weekend and you know when it's said and done they feed you you stay over you get up in the morning and you do it again and that is like what they love to do that's what they live for and it's amazing i've said many times on here that you know sometimes one of my biggest blessings and biggest curses is i'm passionate and excited about so many things it is so hard for me to stay focused on just one thing because i have so much love and passion for the outdoors as a whole working with dogs bow hunting hiking camping it is really difficult to love all of those things and give equal time <laughs> to them you can't you you cannot give equal time there has to be give and take and every year for me every season looks different um but these folks like they are hardcore bear hunters and it is amazing you go to their houses and they have all these dog boxes and um they have i mean they all have anywhere between eight and 20 dogs um at really any time and for those who don't understand, and I can empathize for, with someone who just really doesn't get it, I assure you, these dogs love it. They love it. They love going out bear hunting. They love being in those dog boxes and sticking their faces um, what you know, <laughs> out the sides and smelling and barking like crazy and chasing that bear for hours. You can just tell they love it. They want to be out there. Um, it's it's something that's really hard to believe until you see it, especially when you're a dog lover and you're just like, oh my gosh, like they're outside and they're getting beat up and they're chasing this bear. They could get killed. They could get hurt. The reality is, is yeah, like all of those things. And they absolutely can get killed and hurt. And depending on the dog, you know, and how much they want to be in the bear's face or how the bear's feeling that day, that absolutely could happen. And it does happen. Bear hunting has been around, uh, hunting with dogs has been around for a long, long, long time. And I've had that thought with myself of like having, you know, coon dogs. That's a little different. The coon is probably not going to kill our dog. Um, but with even with coyotes and stuff, you know, I'm, I am someone who I get very attached to each dog. Um, I love them pretty much from the second I see them. I want to take care of them. I want to be their buddy. I want to see them be successful. I want to take them out hunting and watch them do their thing. But I also want them to be safe. So, I mean, it's not for 
the faint of heart. Uh, you know, these dogs put themselves and we put them in and we put ourselves in some dangerous positions, but this is what they are born to do, bred to do, want to do. Um, they are not forced to do this. They very much want to do this. So, um, there's so much on that that I could talk about, but everything from the dogs to the people, the community, like the places you go, um, you know, everyone's a part of this world, whether they're directly hunting or not. So you let the dogs go, they get on a track, you know, you're kind of listening. Everyone's got CB radios in their truck and you're hearing them like just zooming through these woods and these back roads and, um, following these dogs and listening for them to get bait up. So, you know, be on a bear, have a bear up a tree. And it's like, it's crazy. It's so crazy. And I should have recorded like sound bits of it. So you could like really hear what it's like. Um, but every time we, I've been with, uh, dogs, um, I just get really excited and I, I love listening to them and see how excited they are. So they ended up getting a black bear and there's a good 15 of us close to that go trailing through this wood, these woods to see this bear up in the tree and the dogs have it up this tree. And you know, we have, we have little, little kids there and, um, you know, one, one little, one little girl is on her dad's shoulders, you know, walking through the woods, like, just like he was probably on his dad or mom's shoulders when he was that young. And it's, it's so like, there's so much tradition and love, really, that goes behind this. Like, this is their way of life and what they love and live for. It's amazing. And my little ramble about me being someone who's into so many things, like, I am so impressed and fascinated with, you know, humans in general, but people that are so good and so focused on this one thing that absolutely is, like, just it really is almost a part of their identity. Um... It's fascinating to me. And we all stood there, stood, sat on the ground and looked up at this bear as uh, it climbed the tree and just hung up, you know, hung up there and looked down at us. And really, it just felt like a big raccoon, but it was beautiful. It was so cool. And then we, you know, we get the dogs, pull the dogs off the tree and we all, we all leave. And then the bear, the bear comes down and it, and it takes off. Um... And just sitting under this tree with this, with these families and friends of each other and how they invited us along, like we're one of them and have seriously, since we left, treated us like we are, you know, been friends for a lifetime. And I'm so appreciative of them. Um, fed us, took care of us, checked in with us, like amazing. It was so beautiful just sitting there, like looking up at this tree with this bear up there and everyone just sitting on the ground. There's little kids like playing in the flowers, sitting on a log, sitting on their dad's shoulders and just looking up at this bear. And it was like, I mean, talking half a day of driving and early morning and work and letting dogs go, getting them back to do this. And I just, it's, uh, I think out loud if you look at it, just like how much goes into it, money, time, energy, lack of sleep, 
be like, why would anyone want to do this? But until you experience it yourself, it's hard to explain. But what a freaking awesome experience. In all this going on, Jacob and I got a house. And we're moving into, we're still kind of getting settled and moving into a house. All these little trips and different things are definitely, you know, at this time, they're giving me like a recharge. They're helping me really feel like who I am and get refocused and really be thinking about those things. But when I come back to my normal day, to my house, to my desk, I was really just feeling like tight chest, sick to my stomach, not good, like very overwhelmed, just a shell of myself. Like when I came back home and wasn't on a trip, I'm just like, you know, I love the trips. I love the adventures. That's not going to stop. But at the end of the day, like I need to feel good wherever I am. I need to make adventure and feel myself and feel and feel at peace and, and, and be happy wherever I am, not just on these trips. And um, I think that's so important. I think so many people can relate to that, that you get this like high and this dopamine hit from these adventures and these trips and you can just put everything out of your mind for a while, which is good and that's healthy. But when you come back to your real life, your you know, the, the life you live most of the time and you're not feeling good. Like something has to be evaluated and I don't know how much I've talked about it on the podcast or not, but you know, um, the life I envisioned myself five years from now, you know, a few weeks ago, I really wasn't on that path of doing that. Like it just felt really out of alignment. Um, I knew a big change was happening a big shift was happening, needed to happen, but I, I was scared. We just, we just got a house and I knew that I wanted to leave my full-time job, my full-time corporate job. I just, I knew that right now that path is, has that, this, this role, this position, great company, great people had ran its course for me and I was burnt out and I was not giving my best self anymore. I loved so many parts of my job. I was grateful for the career I had. Grateful for the money it brought in, the benefits, all of that. But something had to change. And all I could really think about was the things that I work on on the side, making time for that to grow my businesses and the things that I want to do and teach and, and grow with the podcasts and my classes and um, things I want to help women with and, and empower people. There's just so many things I have in the works that I want to do. I want more time to write. I just felt so exhausted every day when I was done with my job. I was exhausted halfway through the day and I was mentally so cloudy. And all I know at the time is I want to get people outside. I want to be a part of something bigger. I want to make an impact on the outdoor and the hunting world. And I want to work with my hands more. I want to get dirty. I want to get up. I, I want to work remotely, but also have the opportunity to like go outside more. I want to be outside more. I sit way too much for someone who talks about being outside all the time. And those are the things I knew. 
and the things I was hoping for and looking for. And, you know, while I was just in this like misery, I'd, I'd look, I'd look up jobs that were similar to what I was doing and I would look up different things and it just didn't, it just didn't, even though there were things that I'm like, oh, I'd be great at that. That'd be good. It would pay well. It just, most of them didn't sit good with me. And I just knew that I would be in the same cycle in a short period of time if I went with anything else. And it just, I just really couldn't decide. Um, and all of a sudden this opportunity, multiple opportunities came up. And I quit my full-time job. And uh, I quit for two part-time jobs. And I feel so good about the work I'm doing now. I'm a part of an organization called Outdoor Mentors. And I am the Iowa Program Coordinator. And what Outdoor Mentors does is we bridge the gap between high school and college trap shooting teams and hunting. And we get we get these kids out hunting. We find the land, the mentors, and the teams and put them together and get these kids out hunting. And I have primarily worked with adults. But when I was hearing like the thought process behind this program of these kids shoot guns, no gun safety, probably better than most adults do, understand that piece of it, which can be sometimes so intimidating for kids or for adults to teach kids. And we get them out hunting. We're getting them out there. And I am so grateful and excited to be a part of this organization and to get kids out hunting. And I'm going to put a link to Outdoor Mentors in here. Uh, we They are based out of Kansas. And I am based out of Iowa to help grow Iowa. But I know there's big plans for the future. And if there's ways um, that you want to be involved in Kansas, Iowa, or uh, any of the surrounding states, really, I feel like we're going to grow into. Or anything else you have in mind, please reach out. Like, we're looking for partners, ideas, mentors, uh, you know, just, oh my gosh, please reach out. Um, but this just feels so good to be a part of something like this and to put my love and energy and my skill set into something like this which is if you know me and hear me talk getting people outside and teaching them to hunt and experiencing it and passing it on is what I like feel I live for and so I'm so grateful to be a part of this organization and have this opportunity happen I I'm sometimes a little bit in disbelief because the fact that something like this exists is beautiful. And I'm so grateful that I'm a part of this. So that's amazing. And then because it's not full time, I really am like, I have to supplement part of my income because I can't take such a big um, hit financially like that. Um, at least not right now. And... I am like, you know, I really want to learn to work with my hands in a garden, on a farm. I want like tangible skill sets. I want to move my body. I want to be outside. I want freckles on my skin from the sun, farmer's tan, a stronger back. I want that. <laughs> I want to learn these things. I want to know what different types of tomatoes are. I want to I want to understand 
gardening, soil practices, etc. And I looked up farmhand in my area and came across a couple opportunities. I live in Iowa, so there's all different types of farms out here. And I wasn't thinking I was going to go be wrangling cattle. So nixed those. But the one that came up was only, it's only 20 minutes from me. And it's an organic farm. And they're looking for a farmhand and they go into the, you know, what they're looking for. But it really came down to, they're look, they don't really care if I had experience. They just want someone who's super curious and wants to, to learn. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. So I sent in my resume, which was totally probably not helpful because I don't have anything really besides outdoor teaching skills that would probably make anyone look at my resume for a farmhand. And um, I didn't hear anything. So I just reached out to the farm directly and they never got my resume and he was excited, had this great interview, talked about, you know, where my life was going, what I wanted. And I got the job. So the last few weeks I have been working with youth and getting them out of hunting and working on a farm, hands and knees, in the dirt, pulling weeds, picking plants, planting them, um, raking mulch, uh, surrounded by turkeys and chickens and goats and I freaking love it. Like, there's so much I don't know. Like, I knew there's a lot I didn't know. But really, I've been humbled very quickly. And um, in the time that I've been there, I have learned so many things about herbs and plants and um, soil. And I just, it has, like, awakened this more, I just... feel like I want to be closer to the land and I, and I think a good woodsman is someone who is just constantly curious about becoming more capable, but looking around their surroundings, appreciating it, understanding how it's all connected with all of us. I listened to a podcast recently. It's actually my favorite podcast to listen to, Bear Grease Podcast. Um, Clay Newcomb is the host and it, it, it is my, uh, it is my favorite outdoor podcast to listen to right now. There was a recent episode about soil and its connection to us. And I actually happened to be listening to it uh, the other day while I was working in the garden and it talks about, you know, human beings and soil are made up of the exact same things and the time it takes for us to destroy soil and how long it takes to get it back and the tie it has into everything around us every living thing uh and you know especially in Iowa we have a lot of um a lot of farming a lot of agriculture and the uh, nitrogen from farming practices that goes into our water and the quality of our water and how it affects us and what that looks like you know, basically what I'm summing up is the uh, chemicals that go into our water are, you know, like low key, like drinking diesel um, fluid every day. So just it had me really thinking about there's so many good things about just my local, like my state, the soil here, the nutrition here for animals like deer and their growth and antler growth. Um, but also the side effects it has on other things, other living things, including humans it's a really great podcast. That episode um, about soil is amazing. I really loved it, but I've listened to pretty much every episode they have. Um, but I just, it really clicked in my head as I'm like hands and knees covered in mud listening to this podcast, how much I wanted to be 
closer to nature in like always and to be moving my body you know every day outside learning something in the process helping feed people this farm I work at um, they use all their uh, vegetables to to feed people they they open um, the farm up every week and then have put like make these amazing pizzas and all this food um, and then they do like classes on how to teach people like organic practices how to butcher a chicken a turkey all these things I'm like oh my gosh this is so this like speaks to my heart so much and I I can't and I maybe I should wait to the end to really wrap this up but what's coming up for me as I'm talking to you is between these like road trips and this time to escape and like coming back and realizing that I just wasn't happy in like my day to day and just feeling lost like feeling really like all hope is lost like I just felt like I lost myself completely and there was no right move I could make and um, I just was really in my head and you know I think a lot of us have been there and we can look back and be like oh my gosh that wasn't the case at all you know like that wasn't rock bottom <laughs> it felt like it but it wasn't um, and there was there was a way out and things were happening for me that I wasn't paying attention to I was so foggy and sad and feeling bad for myself that I wasn't seeing around me what was happening and all this and realizing the possibility and I wasn't surrendering to what you know life has to offer me I was trying to just white knuckle everything and I think back at like everything I'm saying to you and in five weeks my whole life has kind of changed I feel better and lighter and more energy and and like I'm on this path of becoming this better outdoorsman and woodsman that I wanted to be and I, I feel like I've always been doing that because um, I'm obsessed with that but like to be doing something where I'm getting people outside and then I'm outside and having time to do the things I love now like the podcast not feeling swallowed up by my corporate job and in a shell of myself with no energy that all changed for me in five weeks, guys. And sometimes, like, I know it can feel like you're just really stuck. And, oh my gosh, okay, it's going to be a year before this happens or whatever. And life can change in a day. <laughs> uh, so much. Like, I'm just skimming the surface of what the last five weeks has looked like for me. On top of it all, uh, we're getting a new puppy. Um, getting a Britney Spaniel tomorrow. Uh, cannot wait for that adventure and he'll be coming with me, um, you know, to hang out with me at the farm. And I recently, uh, went to a guide meeting at a preserve out here by me and we'll be shadowing guides both in Iowa and South Dakota. I'm so grateful for, you know, a couple months back when I went to hunting guide school at Northern Plains in South Dakota. And just like got out of my head and realized what I'm capable of, what I know. And I'm starting that process of actually guiding, be working with a puppy, doing some training. I, I love working with dogs. I miss it so much. Um, oh my gosh. So much life and adventure has happened. So many ups and downs, but so much growth. 
in the mix of all of this, one of the weekends in there, um, it's not directly, uh, oh gosh, I skipped over this part, is I was a camp counselor for a woman's creative and like entrepreneur camp. I think this was like right before, but that was something that really had me thinking a lot because I'm showing up for these women who are creating these businesses in this new life for themselves, going against their grid. All these women are going against the grid really. And trying to find connection and community amongst all of this because a lot of you know when you go after something you really love and really want, that is not the status quo. It can start feeling really lonely. People back away. They kind of disappear out of your life. They don't fully support you. Don't get it. Try to stop you. And it can feel really isolating to go for something big. And this group of women, I've been a part of this camp as a camper multiple times. But this was my first year as a counselor. And that is something that I'm really trying to step into and work with is being, you know, being the leader that I am and healer that I know that I am and being there for people and holding space for them and listening and knowing that they're not in this alone, like motivating them, hearing their stories, showing them, you know, being a mirror back to them and showing them how amazing they are. Um, that was such a special thing for me to be a part of. And I also taught archery at this um, camp as well. And, you know, it's not, I, I at first going into it was thinking, I don't know if this is my normal um, audience of teaching archery. Well, so like adult women is who I typically teach. So this, that was an alignment. But this was a place of focusing on like their career that they're building, entrepreneurship, you know, creative but one of their kind of outlets they could go do was archery. And I had three groups and oh my gosh, it lit this fire inside of me to have these women from all over the United States, all different backgrounds come up and like do this and go from nervous to feeling empowered as hell at the end. And the things they told me and asked me and some of them have followed up with me since then. Someone, a couple of them got bows one of them is going out hunting with their husband. Um, one of them was learning to shoot because their kid is getting into it. Uh, and the things that, that just made them open up and how it made them feel. And they wanted their pictures taken. And then when they hit the bullseye or, were, you know, showed accuracy. Um, it was such, oh my gosh, it was such a reminder of like why I love to teach. And why I talk about and ramble on about all this stuff. Uh, but it was amazing. It was amazing. And, you know, again, this last month and a half has been it's been a true adventure. And there's so much coming. I mean, right now it's uh, it's October 1st. It is it is bow season uh, here in Iowa. And I have a new bow <coughs> that I need to shoot a few more times before I feel good about going out. Um, but with this new puppy, <laughs> I don't know. Bird hunting might be a big focus uh, for a while, but he's pretty little. So he just gets to be a puppy for now. But um, getting out and man, I haven't been out goose hunting yet. Um, I'm like chomping at the bit to get out and go hunting. I just really haven't uh, been, but I haven't been totally 
I haven't been totally devastated because I'm loving so much of my day that it's, it's okay. Like I might not do every single type of hunt I did last year. I might be doing something totally different than I did last year, but, um, cause I'm going out goose hunting a lot. If anyone followed along and I haven't been yet. So I just want to get out a couple times. Uh, but I just like feel good. I feel good. I feel like I've woke back up. Um, I feel like I'm stepping into my power. I feel grateful and thankful for all those people from Wyoming, Montana, Utah, Wisconsin, Iowa, Kansas, South Dakota, who have in the last five or so weeks totally impacted and helped me get on the trajectory that I want to be on and help me wake up and see myself and help me get there. Some of them don't even have any clue how much of a difference they made in my life in such a short period of time. It's crazy. If we open ourselves up to the possibility and believe in ourselves, so much magic happens. So much magic happens. It's happening all the time. We just have to like open our eyes and realize it's happening and believe that we are deserving of it. And I believe you're all deserving of it. I cannot wait to get more episodes out to you. There are so many cool things happening. Be on the lookout on my website. I am putting together a women's archery retreat where I will be teaching intro to archery, intro to bow hunting and bow fishing, the basics of archery, getting women comfortable with shooting bows, the equipment, all of that. That is coming very soon more than one be looking out on my website if you're on my email list you'll see that come through if you're not on my email list get on the email list go to woodsandwatersproject.com you can get on the list from there to follow with updates of the podcast events workshops my life lots of good stuff going on thank you for listening to me just talk about me but I hope that this time of reflection for myself has been impactful for you because like I said there is so much goodness and abundance and love and magic around you and 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 desiring you and there for you everything you want and need is around you just open your eyes Take a deep breath and believe that you're deserving of it and believe it's happening for you. Step into your power. Don't play small. And have some damn fun. Have some fun. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time.